Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Inside the episode today, David and I are going to break down there is a science to getting rich. So by the time you leave here, you will be ready to do what you need to do to become rich. <laughs> if you're not rich already. So only if uh, they don't understand the science. Though. That's exactly right. Well, not a surprise. Once again, featuring Wallace Waddles in this episode. We love us some waddles. Uh, the idea that there is a scientific process to getting rich is a fascinating one, and some people just don't buy into it, and maybe that's why they haven't uh, unlocked the secret yet. But it's not based on superstition or luck, as you said in the episode, but actually grounded in, once again, the law of cause and effect. All of it starts in the mind. So yeah. can you talk about how you came to use Wallace's principles in your own growth? Yeah, sure. Um, it's so, a big one right out of the gate. Yeah, Sorry. Well, I mean, I've told this story before that the, I was around that book for a while and never picked it up. It was recommended, and I, you know the 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 I never saw an original copy of it. I only saw a reproduced copy that Bob Proctor had put out, and I thought it was like uh, an economic book. You know, like invest in this, you know, put your money here, you know, that type of thing. I didn't know that it was a metaphysical book. And I was only really looking at uh, stuff in in that realm at that point. Like I was looking at metaphysical studies. I was studying all the religions of the world. So I wasn't looking for something economic. Anyway, um, one day I did pick the book up and and I started looking at it. And as I was looking at it, I'm like, oh, this is... I, this is not what I thought it was. Okay, I'm going to get a copy of this. So I got a copy, went home. I read it. It's a short book. It's not, it's not long. Uh, on a Saturday afternoon, and it just opened up uh, this huge emotion in me. And I literally cried w- when I started reading it. And the reason was everything that I had been thinking about how the universe worked that was uh, like some kind of a rough idea in my mind. He kind of laid it out in the book uh, on a cause and effect basis, but it it put everything in its proper order. Like I understood so much about what I was confused about and questions that I had after I read the book. And it was one of those moments where you get introduced to something that's true, and you just know that it's true, right? Just hit you right across yeah, the face. Right, exactly. So I then understood how to, I understood why I was working on changing my thinking. I understood why uh, I had increased my income so fast. Like these were the, the, the fundamental principles based on the universal laws that I really did not understand or know that much about. Like, I was just starting to dabble in it, you know, f- to, to kind of understand it. And even when I was studying T, it was not putting the pieces together. Like, I would get a little piece of information here, and I would get this one, and I would study this person. And it was just information that sounded cool, but I wasn't putting the jigsaw mm-hmm, puzzle together. Right. That book did it. Yeah. That book did it. So then he says in the beginning of the book, uh, don't, don't, basically don't follow anything else. If you want to get rich, just use what I'm teaching you to do here and do it until you get rich. Prove that it works for yourself. And then if you want to go do something else, 
do it. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm down for that. <laughs> right? Right, you know, sure. Like he, he's saying, if you do this, you're going to get wealthy. And I started doing it, and my income exploded. Yeah. I mean, it was unreal. Now, it wasn't the only thing that I did as far as um, – uh, skill set and you know understanding some business uh, techniques and stuff, but from how you're being, how you're showing up every day, uh, what you're doing with the universal laws and the energy, how those laws apply to all the individual things that you're doing. That that book explained exactly what I needed to do in order to go from where I was to where I wanted to be, and it just start like everything just started changing. So then. Uh, and I'm probably getting ahead of of, of your no, question, you're good. but then I was like, I want to teach this because the results were extraordinary, just absolutely extraordinary. And the great thing about that book is that it's not like industry specific or something. It is about the human being, and it's about the universal laws and how you can apply that to whatever you're doing. In, in whether you're working for somebody or you're starting a business or whatever industry you're in, you could be an artist, a musician. It doesn't matter what you're doing. The book works for everything. So I'm like, well, actually. So let me think. Before before I made the decision to get into business. I was teaching people how to use the information in that book just as like uh, a friend, you know, like, like you want to change something? I'll show you how to change something pretty right. cool, right? And some people would do it and some people wouldn't. I wasn't charging for it. There was no business wrapped around it. And these people were getting results. And I'm like, this really does work. Like anybody could, could really do this, you know? And then one thing led to another and I ended up starting, you know, my own seminar company. But that's where it yeah. started. It's well, in, in your Science of Getting Rich program that you offer, and it comes in and out of the vault. So right now, I believe it's currently locked in the vault, but I believe coming vault, up very yeah. soon, it's going to be re-released again. And you yeah, tend yeah. to do it once a year, which mm -hmm. I think if people who are listening to this podcast are familiar with Waddle's work, and they know uh, how uh, big of an impact it had on your life, and you break that book down so well in that program, uh, if they don't have it, they should probably be on the lookout to get that. And that will, like I said, it will be coming out of the vote, the vault, the vault uh, yeah. eventually within the, probably within the next month or so. But I would definitely say, um, listening to you break down, I, I can still remember the first time I actually heard that, uh, that work, I was uh, mowing my grass out in Wisconsin mm. very early on <laughs> when I, on this journey. And I would listen to you talk about the, the, uh, the, the profound, uh, scientific process that that you can apply yeah. and you know now i don't mow my own lawn anymore so there you go take right. with it from you will yeah. so you get to that point i really i really really love it and the the, the one thing that i really want to you know, reiterate here is the first stage of that process. And you mentioned this in the episode itself is raising your standard and raising your standard is a huge part of being able to attract those riches to you. Would you share what raising your standard means and maybe what that looked like to you in the beginning and how it's evolved over your several decades in uh, business? Sure. Um, so this, the idea of raising your standard was introduced to me um, in some other form, uh, it wasn't called raising your standard. I don't remember. I actually don't even remember what it was called, but it was about kind of designing your life and your environment. And I realized, uh, that because of the way that I was raised, I was tolerating things in my life that I didn't necessarily even like, but 
from the perspective of being a man and uh, working for someone and raising a family, there were things that I thought that I had to do that were absolutes. Things like cutting your grass, like you mentioned, cutting, cutting your grass, right? That was one of the first things I changed, by the way. And I did not know that, see, I, I kind of thought, like, if you're going to be a responsible person, you have to do everything yourself, you know, so if uh, if the driveway needed to be fixed, I was digging up the driveway, or um, if I I had to cut the grass or paint the house, or, house had to be cleaned. I spent every freaking weekend. So, yeah, if I wasn't yeah. at one of my kids' games, it was repairing something on right. the house, or cutting the grass, or painting, or the or changing the oil in your car, like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought this is what you were supposed to do, and I didn't really like it, but. You know, it was like, okay, I can master these things. And, and it, was, it was very important to me because you got to realize it was just a few years before that nothing was working right. So I wanted to make sure that I was doing everything right and taking responsibility and, and all this. And as I began to learn, when I, I realized that there were, there were things in my life that I was tolerating that would never let me get to a higher level in my life, right? You're not going to sit there and do all of these things on the weekend. Like I could be studying, I could be learning a skill, I could be doing something else, but no, I have to be out there cutting the grass. Mm -hmm. So I'll never forget. um, I had a, I had a a pretty good sized piece of property at that time. And I had a, a, you know, riding lawnmower, right? So I'm cutting the grass and I am listening to something, a book on tape or whatever, while I'm doing this. And all of a sudden it dawned on me that I could be doing something to move my life forward other than cutting the grass. And why was I spending my Saturday afternoon, one of the few days of the week that I actually get off cutting the grass? I could be with my family. I could be studying something. I could be building a business. I could be doing so many other things. And I was like, I need to raise my standard in this, in this area. I took the lawnmower over to the side of the house, washed it off, got it all nice and clean, Took it to the end of the driveway. It had a it had a trailer on it, you know, it was doing nice setup. Yeah, doing the whole thing. And I put a sign on it and gave it away. And it was like a four thousand dollar deal, sure. right? And it wasn't that old. It was actually relatively new. It may about a year old. Um, and it was another thing that I learned. My mentor was teaching me that when you were done with something, don't sell it, give it away. Bless some take it that that thing that blessed your life, even though you paid for it, and bless somebody else's life with it, because it will come back to you. So I was really getting into practicing these principles. And actually, the idea of giving something away was a standard raise in and of itself. So I put a sign for free. This car pulls up. I went in the house. I was you know, I made a sandwich or something. Went in the house. Something, there's a knock at the door. And I go to the door, and it's a husband and wife. And she says to me, She's got the sign in her hand. She says, is, is this like real? Like you really giving this away? I said, yeah, I am. What's wrong with it? Like the husband's like, what's, okay, what's, what's, do, it's, does it run? You know, I'm like, it's almost brand new. Why are you giving it away? Because I'm not going to cut my grass anymore. I'm going to hire somebody to cut my grass. And the woman started crying and she said, my son was looking for a way to make money to be able to go to college. And he was thinking about cutting lawns to be able to do that but we didn't have a way for him to cut lawns. Like this happened so fast, T, right? So I'm like, it's yours. You know, they went, got whatever they got to bring it home or whatever. And the kid put himself through college by doing that. He he, he made, came up with enough money to be able to, 
to, to go to school. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I cannot believe the things that are actually changing by me changing, right? So I want to I want to lift myself up and do something better, but I'm taking the thing and blessing somebody else. So then it became a systematic process of what is it that I'm tolerating that I need to let go of to step into a higher version of myself. And then that became the process of raising your standards. And then when I started the business, it became literally something that we teach in the seminars and it, right. we teach in the private coaching. How do you raise your standards? How do you realize what you're tolerating? How do you break free from getting stuck in a toleration all of your life? Because most people do. They just tolerate things because they think they have to, and then they're stuck there forever. Yeah. And once you raise that standard, you you never go back. I mean, once yeah. you raise that standard, it's, it's, it's very, I'm going to turn this into like a car analogy right now. It's like when you get a vehicle for the first time that has that nifty little backup camera. Yeah. Once you get in a vehicle that doesn't have a backup camera after that, you're completely lost. You say, screw it. I'm going to run into stuff. I mean, we become so reliant on it. We become so dependent on it that you've raised your standard in that way. Now I know that's kind of a, a way to look at it from the, you know, from the actual physical idea of it. But when you talk about it from the, the mental standpoint of it, it's so powerful. And that story, I mean, that story gets me every damn time you tell it. And I never get sick of hearing about it because when you opened up your awareness to realize you didn't want to do something else, the universe came and knocked on your door and you threw that because most people would either sell that or they tolerate it. You gave it away and it blessed someone else and they probably blessed that. And just the threads that come out of that story, it gives me chills thinking about that because most people would have just tolerated it. And that's kind of where I'm going next with this because toleration is a huge thing that stood out to me from this very episode, as it always does. Not only toleration, but the consistency with which you are, you know, it requires you to be able to become rich. Mm. Can you talk about maybe tolerations and consistency separately and maybe a few examples what that would look like for our listeners and how becoming aware of what they're tolerating can help move them forward I think it's a huge piece yeah so um, when when we're talking about tolerating things there's this there's this weird idea that gets developed that there's certain things that we have to do whether it's from a responsibility standpoint or this is just the way that it's done or everybody does this and just learn to be happy, you know, uh, you don't need anything any better, you know, all of that kind of lower working class ideology and it does nothing but keep people stuck. So they'll tolerate being in bad relationships because they think that the responsible thing to do is to be in this relationship even when they find out they're in, in the wrong relationship. So what, normally what I do with an individual is show them that even when they are, because I'll have people that are millionaires, right? They'll come for help and I'll sit down and have a conversation with them and then I'll give them a sheet of paper. We, we have this thing called a toleration sheet, give them a sheet of paper, and I'll say, write down five or ten things that you're tolerating in your life, things that you're doing that you don't like that you're doing, and but yet you're tolerating doing them. And then run them through a process of what, because the reason that they're tolerating it is because there's a lie that they believe in there somewhere that, that, that feeds an excuse that tells them they have to be doing it. So we start to uncover what is it that they believe 
that causes them to tolerate something in their life that they're literally trading their life for, right? I mean, if you're tolerating something, you're trading a portion of your life for something that you don't even like. Why are we doing that? You know, human beings are the only form of life that does this. Animals don't do it. Other, all forms of life in nature, they do exactly what they're put here to do. Human beings are the only ones that will forfeit what they're here to do to cut the grass. You know, like, so, so the idea is a toleration, when you become aware of a toleration, it's pointing to the next stage of growth for you. You can't get to the next stage until you get rid of the thing that you're tolerating. It's keeping you locked into where you are, whether it's money or a relationship or health or a house or uh, a job or a business that you don't like or even even tolerating problems that would free you up if you didn't have the if you didn't have the problem, right? Because a person then makes decisions from the toleration and they cannot move forward when they're stuck in that idea. Yeah, and, and and tolerations are a huge reason that so many people are consistently stuck where they're at yeah. because they're they're not aware of what they may be tolerating. That's why I think it's so important for them to understand that if they're not getting the rec- the results that they believe they should be getting, look at what you're tolerating in your life. Is it that ratty old couch, like you've said before, that's, you know, in your house that you don't like the color, but it's big kid furniture, so I'm going to keep it? Or right. are you tolerating doing things like cleaning your own house? I remember when we we originally hired someone to clean our house many years ago, and I thought, oh my God, I I, I should be doing this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't tell anybody we had people cleaning Didn't our it house. Feel weird? Oh, it like totally if, felt yeah, weird because yeah. we used to spend Saturday and Sunday do we would work hard all week long and then Saturday and Sunday we would work twice as hard right. to keep things clean, mow the grass, clean this, wash this, raise two kids. It's like all these things and then you now my go-to is you know, I pay people for that. Yeah. And I don't, that's not a snotty way to look at things no. like that. I mean, the programming in my past would tell me, "Oh, that's snotty. You should do this yourself." The reality is, no, I'm giving it to someone else because they're going to be blessed by the money I pay them you to do it. You created a job. Absolutely. You create you, your own economy. Yeah, and you freed yeah. up yourself to spend more time yes. with the kids, to spend more time with Steph, to go yeah. on a four-day uh, vacation. Yeah. Like, it, it It's more life. It expands your life. It expands the people that are coming in and doing that work. But many people would have you believe like, oh, that's a waste. You should do it yourself. What are you, you lazy? Like, I'm never going to pay somebody to do that. What a waste of money. I can cut my own damn grass. Like it is such a belief system that keeps people locked into a lower way of living. And I'm not saying that it's bad, right? And I'm, that's not what right. I'm saying. I'm saying that if you want to advance your life, you the first place to start looking is your tolerations. I'll have people come in in their business and they're like, I've been making the same amount of money for four years and I'm having problems with team members and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, let's look at what you're tolerating in your business. Because when you get rid of those tolerations, your business will exponentially explode. I mean, there's just no question. The tolerations keep you locked in to the negative results that you're getting. Yeah, and, and there's not a lot of millionaires out there who are cutting their own grass and no. cleaning their own toilet. So if you You're want not. to if you want to get there, you've got to you've got to do the work. And th- this is a quote that came right out of the episode. You said everybody wants to be a millionaire, but most people are not willing to do the work. Just like everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. That's right. <laughs> I love that. With regards to the work in the first part of that, can you talk about what you mean by you got to do the work and why it may be elusive for people listening to this? So 
if if a person wa- so you're you're you say no, if you want to be a millionaire yeah if right? you want to be a millionaire yeah. let's just focus on that okay. I mean that's I mean there's more millionaires now than there ever was right. but that's the word we'll use for this right one. so here's the thing anybody can look up on Google how to become a millionaire and there's probably a million ways on Google that they'll show you how to become a millionaire that's not the problem the problem is what do you have to do what do you have to work on yourself in order to do that. Now, most people would be like, I don't have to do a damn thing, man. Give me the million, I'll show you. Well, if that was true, you wouldn't have 85% of lottery winners go broke within five years. You have to work on yourself so that you literally have the ability to be able to receive that amount of money in a way where not only can you receive it, but you're not going to then turn around and dump it right back out someplace. The other thing is this. In order to, if especially like if you're doing it through a business, because I, you could work a job and take that money and invest it. That would be one way. But if you are, if you're creating a business, you have to do the work on yourself to provide value with and through a business to other people and then work on yourself so that you can, you're perceived as having something of value. And most people don't want to do that work. Right. They yeah, just don't because they have. there's too many things that they have to change. Yeah, and it's not just the physical work. It's the emotional work, the mental work, the spiritual work. Right. There's a lot of work that goes right. into doing what you do. People would say, oh, it's easy. It's, he just does this. No, you've put in the work and you continue to put in the work and you don't, you don't take days off. You're always doing something right. in your business. And there's a lot of people, they have a definitive, nope, I only work Monday through Friday. I work nine until five. Even though I run my own business on the weekends, I'm free. No, we don't, that, we, that's not how we operate. Right. We are always working. Now, we're also having fun. But even when we're having fun, in the back of our minds, we're thinking, hey, this would be a great idea for this program. Or let's think about doing this. It's become a part of who we are and who you are. The way that you were describing that um, the way other people do this. That's what happens when people do a job that they don't like. You need to get away from it. When I created my business, I stepped into something that I absolutely loved doing. I don't need to get away from it as like, oh, this sucks. I can't do it for you know another day. The whole thing has become a lifestyle, right? It's a lifestyle with you and Steph, like we've known each other for a tremendously long time. We, we take trips together. Mm-hmm. We do things together. We hang out. We work together. The, 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 your kids have been involved. My kids were involved mm-hmm. in the business when they were younger. Um, it allows us to embrace a lifestyle that is very different from a working class lifestyle. Because for the most part, I don't do anything in my life that I don't like. You don't do anything in your life right. that you don't like. Steph doesn't. It's if I don't like it, it's got to go. Some it, and it'll probably go in a way where we'll bring somebody else in to do something that they actually like doing. That you know. So look, if a person takes a look at the work that they can do to literally set themselves free, they'll begin to understand that it's actually probably work that they love. There may be fear because they don't understand it, but there's nothing that I do that I really don't love about what it is that I do. Now, if you'd have told me that 30 years ago, I'd have been like, no way, man, you know, forget it. I can't, I can't do those things. But it requires that a person steps in and they're willing to do the things to, number one, change those tolerations, raise the standards in their life so that they can be free. They can make the money. They can do the things that they absolutely love to do. Yeah, and that's that, that sign 
that scientific process to getting rich, these things that you're doing, you're getting rid of your tolerations, you're acknowledging them, you're, you're building consistency in how you live your life, you're, you're saying yes to things that are popping up and they're popping up at a rapid rate because you're saying yes to the th- previous thing before right. it. I mean, there's a, there's a process here that for the people that are not getting it right now, just know that it's available to you and everyone as long as you're willing to put in that work. Um, let's pivot a little bit because I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about this because I want to go back and talk about your lemonade stand. Because in this episode, you talked about the lemonade stand and how it impacted your mindset when you're growing up. Yeah. And that had to be a story you needed to overcome later in life because you said your mother had you shut it down because you were making too much money. And, and it was that whole idea behind making money was easy and you adopted that at a young age, but then you've got someone in your own family who said, no, shut it down. You're making too much. So how did you move through that? Since I'm sure many people listening have had similar patterns playing out in their life. They may not be aware of someone said something to them, probably a parent very early on that said that this has to be hard. So I don't remember where the idea of a lemonade stand started. I saw somebody when I was a kid, saw another kid with a lemonade stand and I told my mom, I want to do this. So she thinks, like, this is a cool idea. It's, it's fun. Let's set him up with a lemonade stand. So we get the table out, and she makes the lemonade or whatever. It's like a quarter, a cup, or, or whatever. And then I'll never forget this. This other kid down the street sets one up. Competition. So my grandmother gets in competition mode. <laughs> and she's like, okay. So she... She's Italian. She decides that she's going to bake some Italian cookies or something like that. And then she's like three or four different things. She brings them out. And before you know it, I've got everybody on the freaking block coming. And I'm making money hand over fist. And my mother makes me shut it down. And I'll never forget the conversation. She's like, and my, my grandmother and her get in this little squabble. And she's like, what are you doing? And she said to my grandmother, I don't want him thinking that making money is this easy. And that was the end of the lemonade stand. And I felt like I did something wrong. Like I felt ashamed. Like I literally, I mean, I wasn't stealing or anything, but it was, it was almost like you stole, you stole money. But I'll never forget, she says to my grandmother, I don't want him thinking making money is this easy, right? And like, what the hell is right. that? Um, and, I, and I do remember when I literally start, when I want to, after, after I started the business and I realized how easy it was to make money, the first thing that I felt was, did I do something wrong? Right. And I, I was like, is it really, can it be this easy? There was almost this value conflict that was going on. But then as I started working with other, I saw all these people go through the same thing that they were doing something that didn't feel like work to them, but they were providing tremendous value. They were making way more money than they had ever made before. And all of a sudden, there was this thing inside them like, you're doing something wrong. You're actually doing something wrong. And that's when I remembered my mother's voice about, I don't want him thinking making money is is this easy and how ridiculous that statement actually was. So yeah, I had to get, I, it didn't take me long, trust me. <laughs> um, because I was astounded at just how easy making a lot of money is. And the more you make, the easier it actually is to make more money, but nobody ever tells you that. And my mother so wanted 
me to have this experience that it was difficult because that was her experience in life. Sure. And so it caused me, like, I, I remember starting to think, I wonder how many people do work so hard for money because that was the message that they got. And then I realized, then I learned that it, it, it absolutely was, that that was the part of the reason. But it's crazy when you think about it that somebody would actually do something like that. Right. I mean, I was... I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was working. I was talking to these people. I was making the lemonade. My grandmother made the cookies and all that. But I was doesn't sell itself, right? Exactly. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's an interesting. I just I love that your grandma was out there baking cookies for you as the the original Nagel yeah. upsell right yeah. there. I love yeah. that you you brought a little bit of pizzazz or a pizzelle for all our Italian yeah. cookie friends out there um, to this to this lemonade stand and yep. the competition and you learn you learn so many lessons in that right. moment and then your mom has you shut it down because making you didn't she didn't want you to think money making money was that easy right. and you had to overcome that and that's you know that's another one of those beliefs that we have to overcome and I'm sure many people out there listening struggle with those beliefs running behind I'm going to draw attention again to that free resource that you that you're giving away the are your beliefs blocking yes. your success be sure to go down in the show notes below click on David's Instagram link go into his DMs and just send him one word belief and then he'll get you this are your beliefs blocking your success because this uh you know checklist that you provide is so fascinating yeah. it shows you just how much of that is running in the background and it makes me think about you know even my lemonade stand as a kid and what are the words that I was hearing and all these other things and I too got shut down but that's another story for another day but it's it's really a good way for you to realize that what you're thinking right now is not necessarily coming from you it came from somewhere else and it brings you that awareness so that are your beliefs blocking your success? Again, go to Instagram, DM David with just the word belief, and we'll make sure he gets you a copy of that. It's it's fascinating stuff. And I appreciate you sharing the lemonade stand yeah, because I absolutely love that story. Just the, seeing, I can picture it in my mind, this little nagel running around, just money hand over fist, yeah, yeah. doing all the right things yes. and then being told, that's, and the thing was, was that my mom was the one that encouraged me. Right. And I found later on, I realized that there was another message under this. It was like, you can do anything until you start to do it. And then it's like, no, it has to stop, right? So I was encouraged to do things. And if it started to become too successful, I was prevented from doing it. It, it, was, it was weird as fuck. But I mean, that's the story. I could tell you a bunch of different stories of different things that happened along that way. And as soon as it started to make her uncomfortable, it had to, it had to stop. Yeah. The, the push and pull in that story yeah. is so fascinating and I absolutely love it. Well, there is a science to getting rich. You know it. I know it. Most of the people out there hopefully know it. Uh, this episode was great. I so appreciate you going back deep and we're going way back deep into this one to talk about those things because I really do think it makes sense for people to get over their own beliefs and realize that it can be as easy as you want it to be. Absolutely. So thanks for coming inside. You bet. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.